0: It's going to say good morning, but I guess it's good morning somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Every day is morning. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. And um, aren't you glad that the Spirit of the Lord is promised to be with us, to be in us, to be on us? And Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So no matter what you faced this week, when you came in here tonight, If you didn't bring the Lord with you, the rest of us did, All right, There's plenty here that the Lord came with. And I trust if you name Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you brought Him too. And He hasn't left you, hasn't forsaken you. And the good news is is that there is a hope, a plan, and a future for you that is good from the Lord. Your future doesn't have to be dark. It doesn't have to be full of trouble problems. Now, let me say it a different way. Full of defeat. Because I guarantee you, you have a future full of trouble. That's what the Word tells us. He says, you're going to face trouble, but be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world, is what Jesus said to us. We are talking about expecting miracles. So turn in your Bible, if you brought it along, to Judges chapter 6. And... um, we're going to look at something that was taking place here. Now, a little bit of, of history, the backstory of what's been going on here. So for years now, judges have been, and been um, the leaders in the tribes of Israel. And so they've been, you know, sometimes they've followed the Lord, sometimes they've not. And it's just been this cycle. And currently, we step into the story where they are not following the Lord, have not been. And so this other group of people, the Midianites, they come into the scene, and it says that they're like grasshoppers. They just come on the land, and they say, it says they didn't leave anything for the Israelites to eat. So think famine, and that they had so many animals and everything that they were just innumerable, and they would come in and just completely clean out the land, and then go and then come back next year when harvest and all those things were about to happen. And so, we come into the story where there's this guy named Gideon, and he is down in, uh, he's hiding, and he's threshing out the grain, right? Because they don't want the Midianites to take it. So, so he is hiding. He is not exactly um, the kind of person that you would say is real victorious right now in the moment, right? So, let's begin reading in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came... This is Judges 6, 11. the angel of the Lord came, and he sat under the oak that was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abzerite. His son, Gideon, was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, How many are glad for angels? Glad for angels. You know, I think we're going to be absolutely astounded when we get to the other side and realize how often we encountered angels, how often we were, you know, the word says, uh, don't forget to entertain strangers, because some people have entertained angels unawares that way. And so that means that we're likely to bump into angels and not even realize it. Well, in this case, an angel shows up, and this is what the angel says to him. He says, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Okay, so he's hiding, he hasn't been fighting anybody. I don't know how he's calling him a warrior. But how many know that God is a God of faith? That he believes what he says. And when he calls, he is the God who calls things that be not as though they be. And he is speaking to the spirit of Gideon and calling him a mighty man of valor, right? A a valiant warrior. And he is speaking to his heart. And so in verse 13, Gideon says to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all His wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. This sounds a whole lot like a lot of believers today. And probably sometimes you and I, if we want to be real honest. If the Lord is with us, then where's all His mighty deeds? Where's all the miracles? If the Lord is with us, then, then where, why are we going through all these problems? If the Lord is with us, then how come we haven't defeated this problem we're up against? Why haven't we received our miracle? How many have been there before? I mean, I have. Put your hands up again, those of you that have. Now look around the room. How many times does the devil lie to you and tell you you're the only one? Right? Foul devil. Don't believe Him. Look at this. What does He say? He says, if the Lord is with us. Because what did the angels say? The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Someone say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Well, what else did He say here? Let's go on and look here. And in verse... Verse 14, actually I'm just going to read it again from 12, or partway through 12. The angel of the Lord appeared and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, please my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where's all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord, this is the angel of the Lord, turns to him and says, go in the strength you have. Go in the strength you have. You know, faith without works is dead. If you're believing for rain, you better carry an umbrella. Right? If you're believing for rain, you better prepare your field. If you're believing for sunshine, then you better carry sunscreen or swimming trunks. Faith without works is dead. And so here, He's telling him, go with what you have. Didn't Jesus do that with the five loaves and the fish? He took what He had, and it was multiplied. Again and again and again, we see this in the Word. This is why the Lord wants you to to partner with Him in finances, so that He can take what you have and multiply it back to you. So look here. He goes, go in the strength that you have, and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. (laughs) Yeah, right, he thinks. Please, my Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's family. Like, I'm the last person. You're talking to the wrong guy entirely. But, (laughs) how many like the but gods? Verse 16, but I will be with you, said the Lord. I will be with you. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. I will be with you. Turn to your neighbor again and say, God is with you. Now tell yourself, God is with me. God with you. You know, in in Matthew 1, 1, um, where the angel comes up and it says, Um, They quote Isaiah actually, and, and they say out of Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us, God with us. Now under the old covenant, there were certain rights that Gideon and his people had, right? There were certain covenant promises of God that applied to them. If they obeyed the Lord and walked in His ways and worshipped Him and Him only, then the covenant that God established for them applied to them and they could ask for deliverance and they could expect that God was with them. Well, what had happened is they went away from the Lord and God abandoned them and so they cried out to the Lord and He sends an answer. In the form of an angel. To speak to Gideon. So that Gideon rises up. And takes his place. Into bringing them into victory. That was under the old covenant. Question. Has God changed? Does he still keep covenant? Does he still bring about. Miracles. And deliverance. And healing. And redemption. And salvation. And provision. So much so that the prophet Isaiah prophesied and said they're going to name Him Emmanuel. It means God with us. And don't you know, Here, all these hundreds of years later, here comes Jesus into the scene and God with us. God with us. Did you know that Jesus is the revealed will of God in the earth? Just watch what Jesus does. Watch what He does and how He behaves and how He acts and how He responds to people and how He, he proceeds when problems Face him? How does he overcome them? He is the revealed will of God. He is the will of God for humanity revealed, made plain, made simple. And sometimes we need to just remind ourselves and keep our theology simple that God is good and the devil's the troublemaker. He's the problem. God's good, he's going to stay good. In fact, he's made himself available to you and me. On the same hand, some people think that's gone away. Some people think that, well, we're not living in a time anymore where we see miracles. Because they look around and they say, well, I haven't been seeing any miracles. Isn't that what Gideon said? He said, where are they? If God is with us, where are they? You're telling me God is with us. Where are the miracles? Where are the mighty deeds? Yeah, they talk about the parting of the Red Sea, but that was a long time ago. Is what Gideon is saying. Where is it now? I mean, if ever they needed the power of God to show up, it was then. Look at how they're oppressed. How are we so different today? Right? All around the world, there's people that are oppressed, that are in need of a miracle, or in need of deliverance, or in need of of the power of God to show up. And did you know that the Holy Spirit alone is not enough to have a miracle? When you Go all the way back to the day of cre- creation, when that whole thing started, and you got this blob out there, this shapeless, formless blob, and it says the Holy Spirit is hovering over the water. But nothing was being created, nothing was being made, nothing is happening until the Father speaks. And when He speaks, then the Holy Spirit goes to work, and the power of God comes into manifestation, and all things were created. So the presence of the Spirit of God in your situation is not enough. It's going to take more than that. You have to be a believer and not a doubter, right? To lay hold of the Word of God, which will bring the power of God into the victory of God, which is also your victory. Remember how Peter was preaching in Acts at Cornelius' house? And in Acts 10.38... He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He differentiated between the Holy Spirit and power. He anointed. He anointed Jesus. The the Emmanuel. The God with us. He anointed Him with the Holy Spirit and with power and He went about doing good. Didn't I say that God is a good God? right? He's good. He's always good. He's only good. And Jesus, the revealed will of God, went about doing good and healing, someone say, all. All. Healing all manner of disease and those who were oppressed of the devil. So if Jesus is the revealed will of God, and if He is God with us, and He went about doing only good and healing all, What does it say? It says He went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because, because why? Anyone can finish it? God is with Him. God was with Him. That made all the difference. I said this last week, I said Jesus never took credit for any of the miracles that He did. And He didn't do any on His own. He said, I only... I can do nothing of myself. I only do what the Father tells me or shows me. So if God was with Jesus, if if Jesus needed God with him in order to do these things, if Gideon needed God with him in order to do these things, then you and I are no different, right? We need God with us. Well, what's better, is if someone looks at this and says, yeah, but Jesus isn't with us anymore. Oh, that's where you're mistaken. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And that I will be with you, you think, well, maybe that was just the disciples. Hold it. He said, I'll be with you until the end of the age. Have we reached that yet? No. Nope. So he's still with us. And if he's with us, Emmanuel, God with us, God with us, then the Midianites and everything that they have to come against you are nothing. Are nothing. I mean, Gideon defeated that whole horde with 300 people, with 300 men. God is good. The devil's a troublemaker. Jesus is God with us. Gideon did it because God was with him, and now you and I do it because God is with us through Jesus. Remember when Jesus went to um, his hometown and he preached a message, he found in the book of Isaiah the scroll that was given to him, and he he reads to them. And this is what he read. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. That's another way of saying God is with me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed. Someone say anointed. Anointed me to preach or to declare the good news to the poor. To declare the good news to the poor. I'm convinced that one of the reasons that we don't see more miracles is because we're not declaring it. You go look at it. You go look in Mark sixteen, where Jesus said, In these signs, we'll follow them that believe. But what came what came right before that? So they're going to go out and preach the good news. Or don't let the word preach confuse you. It's tell it. It's declare it. All right? It doesn't mean stand in a pulpit and preach. It means you're telling it everywhere we go everywhere you go. And as they go, as they went. And as they tell the good news, that's when the power of God is manifested and the miracles would happen and everywhere that they would go, everywhere Paul would go, there was revival and riot. Why? Because he was telling the good news. But we like to go back to our comfort zone and stay in our houses and stay in our four-walled churches or or multi-walled churches maybe, multi-leveled churches, right? And, And we contain the power of God to us and our little group. But I submit to you that if we would just step out and we begin to be bold and to tell and to to let God let God show that God is with with us that we would begin to see things that we haven't been seeing yet. So what did Jesus say? He said the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What is good news to a poor person? I feel for you, but really can't do anything for you and uh, you have to stay poor. Oh, thank you for the good news, Jesus. That's so awesome. I could have done that without your help. Come on, right? What's good news to a poor person? You don't have to be poor. What's good news to a broken hearted person? There's healing for that. You don't have to be broken hearted. What's good news to a sinner? You don't have to be a sinner. What's good news to a blind person? Here, I got a longer stick for you. (laughs) No. No. Open eyes is good news. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to liberate the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus made the statement. He was talking to the disciples and he said, Because the question had come up about, well, show us the Father. And he said, what, you don't think you've seen the Father already? And he he says, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? God with him. The words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own. Believe the Father who lives in me does his works. He's talking about miracles. The Father who lives in me does his works. Look, none of you here can do a miracle on your own. I can't. But the Father in me can. He does His works. Believe me. Jesus says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Did you know that the miracles, the miracles that happen, testify. They can lead someone to the Lord. Believe because of the miracles. Believe because of the miracles. Are you giving the Lord opportunity for miracles? As you go about your workplace, as you go about your family, as you go about the gym or wherever you're at, right? Jesus went on and said, Truly I tell you the one who believes. 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 The one who believes. Not the one who wishes. Not the one who wants. Not the one who used to believe the one who believes, it's current, it's present tense, in me will also do the works, the miracles that I do. And He will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. And this is not just a disciple verse. He said, the one who believes. That's you and me. Greater works than what Jesus was doing. Put Mark 10:27 up on the board if you would. This is in the middle of his conversation with the rich young ruler, and actually it's not in the middle, it was at the end of the conversation, because the rich young ruler had gone away, and then he begins, Jesus begins a conversation with the disciples in regards to finances, and that it's hard for a rich man to make it into heaven, and then he gives some explanations because they trust in wealth, and, and then Peter, you know, Peter, he's usually pretty bold at just saying what's on his mind, he's like, well then, how can anyone be saved? If the rich people can't go to heaven, I just find it fascinating that Peter included himself in that rich group. As much as I like the chosen, that's one place I think they get it wrong in portraying them as so poor always. But Peter's like, well then how can anyone be saved, including himself? Because he said it's harder for a rich man to enter into heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And so Jesus responds and says this in chapter 10, verse 27, with man, everyone say with man, with man. It, is it is impossible. See, with man, there's no end to problems that we can't overcome. There's no end of, of debts. There's no end of diseases. There's no, I mean, man is, is pretty smart. They've got they had some real big scientific advances, right? And they still haven't cured a whole bunch of things that we would have thought that had been fixed by now. Maybe there's other reasons for that too, but what does the Word say? It says that the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. Foolishness. Well, Jesus said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. Because all things are possible with God. God with us. Us with Him. Do you see that? There's with man, and then there's with God. With man, or with God? With man, or with God? With God, all things are possible. Tell your neighbor, with God, all things are possible. Now, Malachi 3.6, the Lord made this statement. He said, I am the Lord, I don't change. I am the Lord, I don't change. Tell your neighbor, did you know the Lord doesn't change? the The Lord doesn't change. And if He said, I don't change, then He doesn't change. There's no other way around it. And if He was this kind of God back in Gideon's day, where He says, when I'm with you, oh, victory is assured. And then Jesus shows up, and we know that Jesus was given for you and I, and His name means God with us. And He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, so you and I are never without with God. Yet it's so easy, isn't it, to begin to look at the with man side of the equation. And when we see the impossibility of the with man side of the problem, man, we've got to arrest ourselves and grab ourselves by our ear and take us right over to the with God part of the problem. With God. There's no disease that with God has a chance against Him, right? There's no debt that can't be paid with God. There is no relationship that can't be restored with God. There's no problem, no mountain that is survivable with God. I'm saying on the mountain survivability, not yours. So God has not changed. In fact, in Hebrews it tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if He is with us, and if He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, And that all things are still possible with God. That the greater One who's in you is greater than He that's in the world. The troublemaker. There is something though that can limit Him. Did you know that? Limit God. It's possible to limit Him. Or He can't do something for you. We don't want to do that. We talked about the fix for that last week. But you know in, in Psalm 78, The psalmist was writing and and he's talking about the children of Israel and he said how he was talking about how they often provoked the Lord in the wilderness and and grieved him in the desert. It says again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel for what he could do for them. Did you know you can limit God? One of the ways they limited him is it says they did not remember, they did not remember his power. They forgot. They were too busy looking at the problem of no water or no food or, or Egyptians coming our way with swords and chariots and spears and everything. Or Red Sea barriers. It says they did not remember. Well, they finally they made it through all of that and they make it out to the desert and they finally get to the promised land and oh, you mean we have to fight to take it too? Well, they're huge. We don't have a chance against them. Talk about grieving the Lord and limiting Him. He's like, alright, that's it. Out to the desert with you. For 40 years they're out there. But he says they did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from the enemy and when He worked His signs, miracles, in Egypt and His wonders in the field of Zone. One of the mistakes that they made that led to them limiting the Lord was them not remembering what God had done for them. Remembering the miracle that God had already worked for them. Are you remembering what God has done for you? I don't care if it was 60 years ago. Because some of you are old enough that you could have been, you know, 20 maybe, 30, 60 years ago. More, she says, okay. Born, okay. But listen, it doesn't matter if people heard what God did for you before. Tell them again. You need to hear it. You need to hear it, so that you get your eyes off of the with man part and onto the with God part. Remind yourself of what he did for you. You remember how in Mark chapter six went to his hometown, he begins to preach, and it says that they asked, How is he doing all these miracles? Because the word had traveled, his reputation had traveled. And when he came back home, they'd heard that he's doing all these miracles everywhere. And they're wondering, how's he doing this? Because isn't he so-and-so's son? And isn't that his mom? And isn't it cousin, the guy that was in the paper last week? I mean, we know this guy. He can't be doing all that stuff. And they were offended at him. And it says he could there do no mighty works. Jesus could not do miracles there. Couldn't. It doesn't say that he wouldn't. It doesn't say that he didn't want to. It says that he couldn't. He was unable. Which would imply that maybe he tried. But he was limited. He was limited by their unbelief. And it says, this is only, the only one of two times that it says that Jesus was amazed in the Bible. And he was amazed at their unbelief. The other time he was amazed at someone's great faith. Both. Both cases will amaze the Lord. And then last week we looked at how the cure for that is in, you know, when the disciples couldn't cast out the devil and they were like, well, why couldn't we do it, Lord? And he said, well, this kind only comes out. He wasn't talking about the devil, he was talking about their unbelief. He said, because of your unbelief is why you couldn't. And this kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. Well, what does that mean? That means you drawing near to the Lord. You drawing near the Father. Remember, it's God with you. You with Him, the Father in me and me in the Father. Let's see um, Hebrews 11.6, but put it up in the NIV, Hebrews 11.6. And we see, you know, the great faith chapter, because faith is quite the opposite of unbelief. In fact, it's, it's faith in reverse, unbelief is faith in reverse. But he says in Hebrews 11 and 6, he says without faith, it's impossible, impossible, impossible. Remember, with man, it's impossible. All you have to do to be out of faith is to just be carnal and fleshy and do what you feel like. Wake up in the morning, don't do anything except what you feel like, what you feel like saying, what you feel like doing. Don't renew your mind with the word and you can absolutely be the with man impossible part. Alright, and out of faith. So he says, without faith it's impossible to do what? To please God. Because anyone who comes to Him. So this is step number one. You have to come to Him. You have to come. The Bible does not say God draws near to you so that you can draw near to Him. It says you draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. He responds to us. He's already made Himself as available as He can make Himself. All we have to do is, is take a step towards Him now. It says, so anyone, say I'm an anyone, who comes to Him must believe, not doubt, must believe, not wish, must believe, not hope, at least not hope the way we use it today. Biblical hope is different, that's confident expectation, but the way we use hope today is just wishfulness. Must believe that He exists. That there is a God. That He is real. That He would hear me. That I can come to Him and be with God. And, that's not all. There's more to it. Believe that He rewards those. Rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Earnestly seek Him. So many times we're just too casual in our relationship with the Lord. And I know that's not something most people like to hear. Because many of us have seen the dangers of a works-oriented religion, that way of thinking. And it's not a, a, it's not a works-oriented thing. But listen, if my relationship with my wife consisted of 30 seconds before each meal, 10 seconds before each meal, so three times a day, and then maybe at the end of the night, hey, hi honey, um... Help me get a good night's sleep tonight and do well tomorrow. See you, honey. If my relationship with her consisted of that, we wouldn't have much of one, would we? Wouldn't be a great one. Let's put it that way. So we say, well, okay, okay, fine. I realize that's not what I need to do. I need to spend time with her. And so we, we, I go over and I put in the time. And I make it a work. So we we, we know the danger of that. So we say, okay, well, I don't want to make it work. I want it to be genuine and real. Well, maybe you just need to ask the Lord to restore your first love to you. Maybe you just don't love Him. Maybe you love other things more. I know, this is like smack, smack. Point, I'm glad we paved the parking lot and there's not stones out there. (laughs) But listen, if we want to have a good relationship, it means we're going to treat it as valuable, as precious. We're going to look forward to it. And don't think of your your time with the Lord as, as time you put in with Him. Take Him with you all day. Have Him with you all day. You know what I don't have to do? If I am with her all day long, anytime I want, I can just say something and she can say something to me whether we're in the car, wherever we are. And I'm with her all day long and I didn't make a concentrated effort to go over and spend 15 minutes with her. See, one, being with her, and just it's organic now our conversation and when and my, my talking to her, her talking to me is organic rather than a forced issue. And we run to the Lord and we say, okay, Lord, lead me on this issue. Tell me, talk to me about this thing. But hurry because I only have a couple minutes. But sometimes the Lord will talk to you then. But, I mean, would your... Cavousal relationship thrive if you did it that way. No. Okay, I said enough. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. If you seek Him, He rewards that. He rewards that. You spend time with Him, He rewards that. That word reward actually talks, it's like taking a paycheck. I mean, it's it's a very interesting way of wording it. You want more of the Lord? Spend time with Him. That's all. Jesus said it this way. Remember, God with us. Jesus is God with us. And in us. Jesus said, if you remain in Me, and My words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Remain in Me. That's that constant relationship. The back and forth. Aware of His presence with you. You wake up in the morning and go, Good morning, Lord. You're aware of His presence with you. And if you are aware of His presence with you, there's another way of wording that. It's called the fear of the Lord. You won't do certain things when you know He's right there with you. You won't entertain certain thoughts when you know He's right there with you. Right? When you have someone with you in the car, you don't do certain things. You don't pick your nose, right? Because there's someone right here, they're going to see that. You act differently when someone's with you than what you do when you're alone. Psalms 37.4 says, delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. You know, when you first start dating and you got all this delight in each other, man, you just can't wait until we can go see each other again. That's delighting in each other. Delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. What are some of your desires? Are you desiring miracles? Are you desiring the gifts of the Spirit to flow and work through you? Are you desiring to see people touched by God and set free, and just their world completely changed? Are you desiring to see the captive set free, the blind see, the brokenhearted healed, the poor delivered? Psalms 34.10, a powerful verse. It says, young lions... A young lion is talking about a strong lion, a quick lion. They lack food and go hungry. Why? Because with man, things are just impossible sometimes. But those who seek the Lord, seek, seek. When you play hide and seek, you go out actively seeking. You don't forget you're in the game. Maybe some do. and get on their phone and get sidetracked. But if you're, if you're a good gamer, right, you remember, we're playing hide and seek, and you're going around, and you're looking, and you're creeping and looking back, oh, no, he's not, God's not back there, is he over, no, God's not over there, seek the Lord, look for him, now he's not hiding from you, that's the good news, in fact, Paul said it this way, seek the Lord while he may be found, he's right out in the open, just waiting for you to say, one, two, three, on God seek Him. And it says, those that seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Will not lack. Will not lack any good thing. Has God changed? If He was this way for the psalmist, would He be this way for you and I? I mean, He said, I am the Lord. I don't change. And if you'll seek Me, you won't lack any good thing. So what was one of the ways that they limited the Lord is they didn't remember, right? They didn't remember what the mighty deeds he'd done for them. So we're going to, in a little bit, I'm going to give you an opportunity to remember what God has done for you. Miracles. I want to hear about God's miracle testimonies in your life. What has, how has God done a miracle for you? I'm not talking about if you're still believing for one. That's great. But we're talking about things that are in your history, in your past, that they're testimony now for you. We'll give you opportunity to share those. But I'm going to stir you up first with some scriptures. Listen to this out of Psalms 22. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. Where are we right now? In the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor Him. Are you descendants of Jacob? Yeah, through Christ. We've been grafted in. Honor Him. All you descendants of Israel, revere Him. I will give praise in the great assembly because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. Psalms 111, verses 1 and 2 says, Hallelujah, I will praise the Lord with all my heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The Lord's works are great. Listen to this one. Studied by all who delight in them. Studied. The Lord's works are studied. So when you have a miracle testimony, we should should listen. Oh, wow, that's awesome. The Lord did that. Wow, isn't isn't He great? Psalms 109, verse 30. I will fervently thank the Lord with my mouth. I will praise Him in the presence of many. One of the ways we praise God is we tell of His mighty deeds. We stir each other up with these things. Psalms 105. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Proclaim His deeds among the people. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell about all His wonderful works. And then Psalm 145. I exalt you, my God, the King. If you have a testimony and you would like to share it, worship team, you can actually come if you'd like and uh, and prepare and um, just be up here with us. You know, when there's more people standing up here, they don't feel as alone standing up here. And um, if you would like to share a miracle... How many of you, okay, let me ask you this. How many of you have had a miracle healing in your body, personal body, hand up? How many of you have had a miracle, or you know of a family member that experienced a miracle healing in their body? How many of you have experienced a financial miracle? How many of you have experienced some other kind of natural miracle in the natural realm? All right. So with all the hands we had up, we could be here the rest of the night. All right. So I want you to come up and form a line over here and then you can one by one tell the story. Try to be um, concise and to the point but with enough detail that we understand the severity of what the problem was and the greatness of our God who is with us. All right. Listen to these as they're lining up. I will bless you every day I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Listen to this. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. That's what you're doing up here today. I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts and I will declare your greatness. They will give a testimony of your great goodness. And will joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Is the Lord gracious? Yeah. Is He compassionate? Yeah. Slow to anger. How many of you done more than enough that He could have went nuclear on you? Like He wanted to in the children of Israel. I mean, I have. Slow to anger. Great and faithful love. The Lord is good to all. Good to all. That means there's no one in this room that's left out from that. Good to all. His compassion rests on all he has made. All you have made will thank you, Lord, will bless you. They will speak of the glory. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. Where is the kingdom of God? We're going to speak of the glory of His kingdom. That's your testimony of what He's done. We'll declare your might, informing all people of your... Some said it, thundered, but... Informing all people of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule is for all generations. The Lord is faithful in all His words, gracious in all His actions. Tell us about God was good.
1: Uh, a lot of you know this because I love to brag on God with this. Um, we, we actually, our family could be up here all evening, too. Uh, the Lord has been so good. But we were a family of five living in a two-bedroom apartment uh, for several years, and uh, the Lord had told me that we would not have another child in this apartment. At least in my bedroom was the living room, um, and we didn't have the money for a bigger place either. And the Lord called me to go to Bible school, and I faithfully went to Bible school. And after Bible school ended, uh, the Lord provided a job for me that was everything that I wanted in a job. And that summer, Leash gets pregnant, and the Lord had told me we would not have another child in this apartment. And so when she got pregnant, I was like, praise the Lord, we're moving. And uh, we didn't know where yet, but God did. He, he had it all planned out, and within... Within a, a year, of actually less than a year from the time she got pregnant, uh, the Lord had provided a place for us that uh, was, if you include the finished basement, over four times, over three times the size of our apartment, and we actually spent less living there than we did at the apartment. Wow. He he really is a miracle-working God.
2: Um, so, when for my 13th birthday we went out to, well, it wasn't for my birthday, but we went out to Colorado for my, um, in September, and one of my birthday presents was a knife, and I w- was coming back up from practice one day, and my sister gave me my knife, and then we got home, and I didn't have it, and it was gone. And I, I still don't know where it is to this day. Um, but I prayed and believed that the Lord would give it, bring it back to me. And uh, one day, Mom pulled me aside and said, "He gave me fifty dollars and said someone gave this to me to give to you to buy a new knife." And out of that, I also got a brand new knife sharpener with it. So God, God is a God of increase. Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, mine is a story of healing Um, when I was pregnant with my second child Katie I um, at about 28 weeks I ended up in the hospital with horrible kidney stones and there was nothing that they could do so we prayed and they subsided for the time and then I had the baby and nothing else came about until five months later and so she was five months old and um, it was Thanksgiving and we had a whole house full in our tiny little house that we lived in at the time a whole house full of people I was nursing her full time. Kevin was sick and there was just a lot going on and I had gone out Black Friday shopping with Laura all night. And so I came home and it's 5 a.m. and I get into bed and immediately that pain hit again. And if you've ever had a kidney stone, you know how horrid they are. Um, and so I instantaneously was very, very sick. I went into the kitchen and was you're throwing up and there's just all kinds of other pain that goes along with that. And I knew exactly what it was, and they had told me at the time when I had the x-ray before that it was a six-millimeter kidney stone, and they're like, you'll never pass that. Well, we were believing for that not to be the case, and so anyhow, mom heard me. Uh, It was quite a ruckus in the kitchen at that early in the morning, and so she came down and laid her hands on my back as I was throwing up in the sink. And um, upon standing up, instantaneously, all the pain was gone, all the symptoms were gone, uh, I I felt as quickly as it came on, that's as quickly as it left, and I was instantaneously healed and I knew it. And just as crazy as that half an hour was of being sick, I went back to bed, I slept for a couple hours, and I woke up and I was fine. Well, I made the decision just to go get it x-rayed to make sure that these stones had indeed broken up. and and done what we had prayed, and so I went in, and uh, they took x-rays, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, because I went to a different doctor than I had seen when I was pregnant, and they're like, I, we don't see anything. There's nothing here. You're good to go, and I have never had a problem since then. That was seven years ago, so.
4: Awesome. Thank you, Lord. I have a similar testimony to hers, but I'll give a different one instead. Uh, actually, during one of the Armada Commission meetings here a couple of years ago I had kidney stones during one of the days and we had prayer and mine left during that same day too so that's a short one of that but I want to share one that I've shared here before and I'll never stop sharing this one because if you've been in great pain for 15 months straight and had all your joints from basically your elbow to the tips of your fingers from your kneecap to the tips of your toes swollen up the sizes of footballs and so that you can't sleep and when people say you're about to go insane I was about to go insane from pain, and I got prayer during a church service, and within 24 hours, there was no more pain. I had gone to specialists. They were giving me every type of medication you could think of, and I went up front for prayer, and it was gone, and I never had to go back again. I never saw the doctor. I didn't even go back to see if I was okay. I just knew I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: Mine's about a miracle. Uh, somebody's heard it before. In '08, I had prostate cancer. He sent me up to Hershey Medical, and when I came back, the specialist said, we're not touching you. It's outside the prostate. So I had a, I think it was Apostle Dale and Pastor Bob Hawk, they anointed me with oil. And that was in 08. I thank the Lord every day for healing this body and thanks for healing.
0: Praise uh, the Lord, thank you Lord.
5: I've said this story to a couple people, so if you've heard it before, bear with me. Um, back a while ago, desperately needed a new job, new schedule, better pay, better environment, everything. So, uh, I had been putting out my resume. Uh, I had a number of places contacting me, all good blessings from the Lord. I told my uh, Lord, if uh, I'm switching jobs, here's what I need. and. Uh, He answered everything but uh, one area for me in particular, which was um, money. So uh, out of the five offers I got, I went with uh, one of them, even though it was the less money. And about two weeks in, uh, the plant manager calls me and says, uh, hey, you shut the door behind you. We need to talk about some stuff. So I'm going to shut the door, and they go, I don't know if you've noticed... um, our country and the economy is doing right now um, but it's not doing too good and um, you know these are really desperate and hard times right now and uh, we know money's a bit of an issue so we're uh, up in your pay a buck fifty to make sure that, that shows in your checks.
6: I have just two quick ones I have to share two. So years ago, Scott and I, um, it looked in the natural like we'd never have a house. You know, We just didn't have the finances for it. And I was walking the neighborhood uh, praying one day and I'm like, Lord, thank you for our house. Thank you for our house. And I'm walking up a cul-de-sac and I'm like, any of these, this one right here would be really nice. You know? So a couple months later, I get a call from my parents who had to make some investments. And she goes, honey, we wanna buy you a house. We found one. It was the exact house in the neighborhood. I never told her about that house. And we, since then, have purchased it from my parents and we're living in that house, praise God. And this last one is, happened a few months ago at work. Um, this is something God did through me. So I work with um, individuals with intellectual disabilities in group homes. And uh, one of my ladies one night was very, very ill in December and it really looked like COVID, it really did sounded like it so I know that her family's from a Christian family and she goes to church and you know she as much as she can understand things I said Pauline I said God's Word says if we lay hands on the sick they'll recover so we and she wanted prayer so I laid hands on her and I prayed for her and I forgot about it and she did recover she was better that better that night a month later I noticed that a benign tumor that she had on her back that was about this big for 40 or 50 years was gone. Gone. And I took her to her physical on February 1st and I had her show her doctor who's been her doctor since she was this big and he just just stood there and he said, well, hallelujah. (laughs) He goes, she's a miracle.
3: So.
7: (laughs)
8: With God. I have two uh, healings. Um, Many, many, many years ago, I had melanoma on my back. And lo and behold, at that time, I was really studying the word about healing, having no idea that this was going to happen. But I was really studying it and, and learning about healing and what God says about healing. And I had this melanoma. We were camping, and I came home, and there was a message that I was to call the dermatologist right away. They'd been trying to get a hold of me, and I had no idea. And they told me to get in right away, and so I went in, and he said, well, we got to take it out. So we made the appointment, and they um, sent me for x-rays and stuff, chest x-rays and stuff. and. Uh, I just had such peace about it. I had no fear I had so much peace, and while, he was cutting it out, he kept saying, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm thinking, "Yeah, I'm fine." And I just was like, I think I know all that peace and all that came from being in the word, and at that time and what I was learning. And I know lots of times when I talk to people that need a healing and I pray for them, I'll tell them to get their Bible out and look up all the healing scriptures and read over them and read over them because the word is healing. It brings healing and it brings peace. And so that time, I just, the peace was amazing. And my girlfriend said, aren't you concerned? And I was like, no, I think at point I was really naive. I didn't realize, I didn't realize what, how bad it could be. I didn't realize. I think I was really naive and maybe because I was in the word and just, you know, it was just amazing. And then, of course, the last one I don't need to go into. Everybody knows my story. But God healed me from COVID. Amen.
9: Hallelujah. i sure. yeah hallelujah thank you Lord father we praise you and we give you all the glory because you're the miracle worker um creative miracles guys so uh, seven years ago I got a job with a new construction company and it was awkward it was uncomfortable but I said Lord I'm here but I'm not here for myself I want you to do miracles I want you to to save these people I want souls I want the atmosphere, this is a specific prayer, Father, I say, I want the atmosphere to change every time you open my mouth to speak. Okay, so during the lunch hour, during the break hour, uh, he would always create opportunities and doors would open. People would ask you questions and then the Holy Spirit would just flow. Well, one of the owner's brothers would be one of the common workers and I didn't know this, so I would talk and everybody would listen. It was like it grabbed their attention. Well, three years down the road, I got a certain uh, award for best worker of the year. You know the believers should get those awards yeah. to glorify right. God? Well, they have a little speech to honor you and let everyone know about you. Details. So as they were presenting this award to me, in front of a company of 400 people, this is the first thing he said. He said, one thing about Mr. McCreese is that every time he talks, the atmosphere changes. Co-workers would come up to me secretly and say, you know, I hate you. I can't even cuss when you're around. (laughs) A superintendent and a guy that used to do, that used to belong to the Masonic Lodge, both of them now have a little Bible study underneath the company's basement. Okay, so so the Lord. Uh, here's another good one. I have so many. The God, God, God is answering prayers. Um, I claim that Russian missiles will not detonate. I claim that they will miss their targets. And during the first week of the war, they would say, "Look, this missile didn't explode." I, said, I claimed that. My God, heard me. I mean. We, we have to have an imagination allow the Holy Spirit to stir our imagination in the supernatural um, I can keep going but one thing I did want to share with you guys is we're going on this trip and we have 1200 tracks in the Ukrainian language what are you gonna stand on the Bible says that you pray that God will open the eyes of their hearts understanding to receive the word we're going there filled with the word they're going to read the Word. They're going to be convicted. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is going to manifest on their souls. I even claim Russian soldiers to read these. Yes. Okay? So your prayers will be written down for the harvest. Can we claim a nation? Absolutely. Nineveh was saved by Jonah. We are greater than Nineveh. We have the better covenant. Yep.
10: Amen? so many too Um, when I uh, got married I started to have allergies and asthma and about 15 years later than that I started on an inhaler and then uh, after that I got double pneumonia and I needed to be on three inhalers they said I had beginning emphysema and um, I would take them every four hours, two puffs each, three inhalers And then in uh, 2006, at a service, uh, Jerry Horst was ministering, and I was sitting on the front row, and I came up to get ministered to, and then the Lord said, no, go sit down. And so I sat down, and on the way home, the Lord said, I don't want you to use the inhalers anymore. Now, I had tried to not use the inhalers, one time missing, and I was on the bed not doing well. And so it it was an impossibility on the on my own, but because he had told me, he said, "I don't want you to use the inhalers." Rainbow. I didn't use the inhalers after that, and I've been fine since. So yeah. praise the Lord.
0: That's right,
2: with God. My yeah. goodness, just more and more. After a while, I just oh, there's that miracle I got to. There's that miracle. That... Which one do I do? I remember one Sunday I came home from church. This was years ago, and all of a sudden I started I had severe stomach problems. Like it felt like there was sharp. Like I, I shared this before, but might as well share it again because how great is God? You know, let's just keep telling the story over and over and over again. It felt like there was shards of glass in my stomach. You ever see those TV shows where like this guy like I remember seeing as a kid? He's like he could eat a bicycle. It felt like that. Like it hurt so bad. And like, I laid down, tried to find some rest, couldn't find none. Woke up, okay, I feel a little better. Eat, ate a little something. Nope, pain came right back. Took a bath, hot bath, tried to find some form of comfort from this. It just hurt so bad. It hurt so bad, I felt like calling off from work. I was raised on a farm at 13. You never call off on a farm. And <laughs> that was instilled in me, you don't call off from work. I'll show up to work, not feel good. They say, you don't feel good, go home. Okay, that's fine. But I'm not going to call off. I felt like calling off from work. It hurt that bad. As I was laying in the towel, I was like, Lord, what's going on? And I heard it. The Lord said, your faith is squishy. I'm like, my faith is squishy. What does that even mean? But then I realized what I had to do. I got up, took a shower. Barely. Walking out to the, to the recliner, even mom and dad were like, should we take him to the hospital? Just wait to see what he does. I sat down in the chair, picked up my Bible, and I started to flip through the Bible with a notepad and pen. And every time wherever I found where Jesus did a miracle, I wrote it down. Your faith has made you well. This and that, I started doing, after about 20 minutes of doing that, I'm just like, wow, this is doing really good. Mom brought me some ginger to drink. I tried it earlier in the day. It didn't work. But she brought me some more, and I'm sitting there writing it down. In about 20, 30 minutes, I recognized that kind of pain. Ran over to the fridge, pulled out a jar of salsa and some chips, and I swoofed sh- that thing down. Not a single problem. I don't know what it was, and boom. I solidified my faith. It became strong. I stood on it, and I felt better.
10: <laughs>
0: yeah, amen.
11: So, uh, the miracle I have to share tonight is going to be one of salvation. Um, I was in the back room with Azariah because he fell asleep on the on the way here, and didn't take a nap today, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take, a, take a break back here and just listen, and um, Pastor Sidney was sharing about um, taking you back to your first love, and so when he had said about sharing testimonies, I just really got stirred in my heart, okay, I'm going to share how I got saved, and so this would have been um, June 20th of 2016. Uh, I was on a week-long trip down in Outer Banks, North Carolina, and there were several goals that we had in mind. Number one was to get drunk. Uh, number two was to find very beautiful women, and you can kind of figure out the rest. Um, and then the third was just to just party, to just do what heathens do, and to just, you know, get into trouble and do all those kinds of things. And uh, we set out to do the first thing, um, and we accomplished it quite well. And uh, the there's a bunch of details to the story, but there's one main thing that the Lord had highlighted for me to share, and so I'm going to kind of skip a couple of them to get to that point. Um, but... So I, uh, basically, I got into some drugs and I had a miraculous encounter with the Lord where he actually sobered me up out of something that I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to die. And then, you know, later that week, um, there were some events that that took place. I was, you know, I told everybody on the trip, uh, actually, Benji Curthy was on this trip with me, so you could ask him for more of this because he had a firsthand perspective on this. But uh, he thought I was crazy. He was like, man, you just really smoked some crazy stuff, you know, that's not real, that you didn't meet God, all that stuff, but then um, I was telling everybody on the trip, like, God's real, like, he sobered me up, like, this is, you know, this is, this is amazing, this is, and they're like, yeah, whatever, well, uh, the week goes by, you know, nothing really uh, happened with everybody else there, they thought I was crazy, and then the weekend happens, and I just really get this desire to go on a drive, so I had a Jeep Wrangler at that point, you know, we were down in Outer Banks. So I'm like, one rule, nothing's on the Jeep the whole time we're down there. It's naked the whole time and it doesn't go back on until we go home. So I did that and then I get home like, man, I really want to go for a drive. So I go for a drive um, over near Willow Street and I see a homeless guy on the side of the road. And I have never been the kind of person to pick up a homeless person. Like I would be the kind of guy that's like, no, (laughs) no, thank you. And, um, but I just, the only way I can explain is it literally felt like there was a hand That reached inside of me and literally grabbed a hold of my heart and pulled me to the side of the road. So I, I'm I'm on the side of the road and before I can even think, what am I doing? This dude is up next to my car and he's like, "Oh, thanks, man. God bless you for picking me up and you know such and such." And all blah blah. blah, And starts talking. I'm like, "Eh, "Yeah, okay, cool. Where are we going?" And um, so I'm driving him around. We're looking for a bike and I'm just telling him my testimony. I'm telling him like God's real, like. And he's just. (laughs) <laughs> he's just listening and he just the whole time he just is listening to me and we we finally get to you know lebanon he wanted me to take him to lebanon um so i drove up there because i'm like yeah i got family up there anyways and um we get there and i'm like ah like i really want to get this guy out of my car i'm like really uncomfortable and he's just like okay um you can drop me off here and i'm like i didn't even say anything but he knew it's like he knew my thoughts so i dropped him off there Um, And then I ended up uh, having a picture of my mom. So I drove to this Bible study um, and later that night got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. But the part that was, that the Lord reminded me to share is that on the way from Lebanon to that Bible study, I had never once in my life sung spiritual praises just out of nothing. And I remember on that drive I, I. I didn't even know know that I was doing it. I just was, like, focusing on the road, and I realized in the middle of that, I was literally singing new praises to the Lord that I have never sung before. And it was that love. It was that new love that I had never experienced before, that I just, out of my spirit came these songs that I've never heard before, but I was singing them because it was, I was in love. I was in love with the Lord, and I really... I just, I'm just i so thankful for that, and I really hope that God can use this in your own personal walk with him to just refresh you because I know I need that tonight. I really needed to be reminded of the first love aspect side of things. And so, yeah, that's my testimony.
12: Hi. I don't like being up here. <laughs> um, as some of you may know, uh, Troy... Um, currently I say currently because we're believing it's going away has type 1 diabetes currently and one of my prayers since we've been married is that the Lord would protect him with because with type 1 diabetes your blood sugars can go up and then they can just as quickly dip really really low to the point where you can pass out you don't know what you're doing so I have two really quick Uh, testimonies of miracles that have taken place in his life Um, because he's downstairs so he can't tell them. First of all um, the one day I was in the kitchen and I heard the garage door go up and I'm like oh he's home and he didn't come in and I'm like what's he doing? He didn't come in so I went out to the living room and looked through the uh, window and he is slouched over the steering wheel in his car So, of course, I ran out there really quickly, and the Lord gave me the strength to pick this man up and drag him into the house because he was out cold. He tested his blood sugar before he left school, which was like a 20-minute drive, and it was fine. A man pulled in the driveway soon after I had got Troy into the house and said, the police are coming. I called them because I thought he was a drunk driver. They said he missed... He stayed in the lane. He missed every vehicle that was coming towards, you know, in the other direction. He even turned on his turn signals where he was supposed to. He went over the covered bridge next to our house and didn't hit it at all. He stopped at the railroad track. He stopped at the stop sign, put on his signal, and came home. (laughs) So that was the law, definitely. The second one there's then, A few months after that, um, one of the signs when you have a low blood sugar is that you start to sweat profusely, at least he does sweat profusely, and we were in bed and I just happened to turn over and the sheet was absolutely soaking wet and I'm like, oh, great. So I knew what was happening. So I go to shake him, nothing. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I need this man in my life. This cannot be happening. I need a miracle he stopped breathing he was he was gone his color was gone he had stopped breathing and I cried out to the Lord and I said Lord I need this man in my life I absolutely have to have him raised from the dead because he was gone right now and I just declare that he is raised from the dead and Troy his eyes popped open and he looked at me and I'm like, well, welcome back. (laughs) And then about a week later, he said, I know that you were praying for me to come back. And I could, I knew that you were, he said, but I really didn't want to. It was good where I was going. (laughs) And I'm like, well, sorry, but (laughs) But obviously, since then, he's gone on to do so much more for the kingdom of God, so that was not the time that he was supposed to be going, so those are my miracles.
0: (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. In
9: 2017,
13: I had an accident and totaled my car, and they do the whole check, you know, your MRI, all the, make sure my insides are okay. And. About a month later, they called to tell, well, not even a month later, they called to tell me I had nodules all throughout my lungs. I lived a very hard life before coming back to the Lord, so I knew where it came from and you know all of that. Um, so I activated my faith. I had gotten to the point where I, I believed in healing. I didn't always, but I, by that time I had. So I just, I prayed, I believe, that you healed me Lord, thank you. And I just did that for months and I had a six month checkup to go in and get this taken care of and um, the doctor's report came back healed. I I highlighted like 77 places where it said healed, 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 healed. (laughs) So thank you Jesus. Um, I also
3: don't like being up here, but um, um, when I was younger, I went through a little bit of heartbreak, and I was like, okay, well, this is painful, and I don't like this, and I don't want to be distracted by this anymore, so I just prayed right there, and I was like, I don't want this distraction, God. I just want to be able to do my thing and focus on you until I meet the right person that I'm supposed to marry, and um, So the next four years, I teach at a little Christian school, um, and he uses me in so many different ways. He takes me overseas and does so many different things, and then um, I feel like I'm supposed to go on Match.com, and I was like, okay. Um, Really? You sure? (laughs) And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Um, And within, like, two hours of going on Match.com, I met my husband. So.
0: Awesome. Over here, behind you.
14: My wife said I need to say the second part to this. It is kind of a two-parter, but about the same thing. I, in 2009, or actually not 2000, well 1999, uh, the Lord gave me a vision, uh, and, and to make it concise, uh, it was to go to Honduras uh, for a year to be a missionary, and uh, which ended up happening, but. Before I get there, before to get there, I had to have a large sum of money, and um, I think it was a little less than 10000 if I remember correctly, uh, which I definitely didn't have even um, a tenth of that, you know, to, to be able to, to, to do. So I, I was talking to the Lord one day, and, and he said, Kevin, you do all that you can do, and I'll do the rest. I was like, well, what can I do? So I'm like scratching my head. I'm like, some asking some people, like, oh, you could send out some letters, you know. I'm like, the people that you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, I, I, Which I did. So not much came in, but it, some did. And not even half I had before the day that I had to leave. And I remember getting on the airplane, and I'm like, Lord, whew, you said that you would do the rest. You're going to do the rest for it. And if I did all I could to do. And that's all, I did everything that I could do. I even took out one of my bonds that I had. That's the only thing I had really, uh, that was kind of investment, but, uh, and I applied to that, but the, when I got, when I landed in Honduras, ah, so good. God's so good. I got on the internet And back then, there was no high speed down there. (laughs) It was just like, you know, the AOL thing. And I I got on the internet, and um, (laughs) and I got an email from my mom saying that uh, as I was on the plane, the rest (laughs) of the money came in, which was a large sum. So praise the Lord for that. God's a miracle of finances. And I feel like the Lord specifically said this to say this one. And then in addition, when I was down there, uh, the first, first several weeks, I was down there before all the other Americans that were coming, and uh, we went off into, apparently there was a, this was a vacation time for the, uh, the count, well, they were not counselors, but uh, the, um, the leadership team down there, and so I got to go off with them, you know, which was cool, and we went to this waterfall place, and you were, I mean, we were um, jumping off of the waterfall, let's just say it that way. Uh, the cliffs of the waterfall, there was various ones and we would jump off and the highest one, we got to the highest one and, and uh, I was a bit crazy back then. I'd be like, oh, I'm just gonna dive off. And the, kids were, the kid that was telling us where to jump and all that, he was like about 10 years old and he said, no, you gotta jump right here. If you jump over here, you're gonna hit rocks. If you don't jump, if you jump here, you're safe. And we're jumping, we did this several times and the last time I'm like, I'm just gonna dive. And I don't know what was wrong with me, I, I do know what's wrong with me, but, <laughs> but at the time, wacky thinking, right? And I, I did it. I, I told the other guys nobody else would do it. I'm like, hey, you guys to do it. I'm going to do it, you know? If, you're, if you guys want to be brave, I'll be brave, you know? And then, so I jump off, and fortunately, uh, I never learned how to dive correctly uh, from that height, which was about 60 feet-ish high. That was the highest point. And uh, literally, you don't know where you're jumping because you can't see it. So that's, that's how high it was. Like when you jump, he's telling you to jump here, well you can't actually see where you're gonna land because the height and the way that the, the, the precipice was. So I jump and I dive and this is my body, I'm diving and I end up totally doing a back smacker in the water. And my, I, I heard my entire body go Like crack. Like, like, and, I, and I, was, I was literally paralyzed in the water. Like, I couldn't move. And I started sinking underneath the water. And, oh, I, I love this part out. But uh, a little bit down the, that river was the next waterfall. So you, once you get in the water, the guide said, you got to swim out immediately. Well, I couldn't move. And so the only thing I had <laughs> with me was the Lord, number one, and my prayer language, which just came out. Like, I'm underwater, and I'm, like, in my, inside my head, I'm full prayer language mode. (laughs) Like, because I'm, like, "Uh uh-oh, this is a problem, you know? My brain was thinking that uh, after the fact. Um, So, I, I, uh, all of a sudden, my body, I'm underwater, and it, with what seemed like an eternity, not breathing, but I'm not thinking about breathing. I'm thinking about, like, I needed my body to move. And all of a sudden, my body started to move like limb by limb, literally. That's how it, what it felt like at least. And when I got to the top of the water, uh, I, I looked over at the people. And they're, they're like this, because <laughs> I'm getting close to the next waterfall. And so I'm like, I'm like, wow. Like the adrenaline hit me and then all of a sudden my body just started working. I was able to swim and I got to the edge. And I'm like, I got on the edge and I'm like, guys, you got to pray for me. Well, here, God already healed me. <laughs> but I thought I was in major trouble with my, my body, because I, I knew what happened. And they all got around me and prayed, and, and uh, then we got up and walked right out of the, the ravine. But I, I just thank the Lord. God, in the moments that we're stupid, you know, God will even come through in those moments. And in the moments when we can do all that we can do, God will take care of the rest. Amen.
7: Well, two things. One is, is first miracle I want to say is God gave us a vehicle once when we had no money in the natural for a second and we desperately needed one causing lots of problems with schedule, not having a second vehicle, and God provided one for us. Praise God. Number two, I know you know this story, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to give God the glory for the fact that we have Ariel with us because it is by the power of God that she's here. The doctor's, in the doctor's notes when I got them, when we moved here, said it was highly unlikely I would carry her to term. And multiple times I nearly hemorrhaged. I mean, my life was actually in the balance. And I saw her. When I was believing God for this miracle, I would daydream about this little girl dancing and twirling, and isn't that what she does? (laughs)
15: I know you've been listening to some awesome testimonies, and thank you for your patience. I didn't want to come up here, but I know when the Lord is speaking to me, and I want to be obedient. So you, most of you know what we are currently walking through as a family, alongside the country of Ukraine, um, since we are in the process of wanting to adopt a sibling group of five from the Ukraine, and they're currently in a war. So for three weeks, We've had hardly any contact, we've heard hardly anything from them, um, which was very tough for me because I got gotten used to chatting with them every day, hearing from them every day. It was a lifeline, it was a way to build relationship with them, and all of a sudden, nothing. I don't want to mention where they um, were living, but it was in the east, and it was n- pretty much next to a city that has been obliterated. If you heard about the story of a theater being blown up, with a 1,000 people underneath, well, all five of them were close to that. And so our prayer has been, Lord, be their shield. Lord, protect them. And we've prayed Psalms 91 only over them, but also the people of Ukraine, because they're all going through that. And so I've been trying to keep my mind on school and teach 29 fourth graders, and yet I'd find myself praying in the spirit, whenever I had time because I needed my sanity and I needed the fear to leave because I'd feel it come on me, and I I knew that that is is not a place of victory. So praise the Lord for his patience with me and his help through Aaron and people that have been praying with us. Well, I want to just give God the glory because our children have crossed the border. They were taken out. Thank you. And the Lord told me he was going to do it. And I thought, whatever, Shawnee, you're just wishful thinking, right? Don't we do that sometimes when it's the Lord speaking and we think we're thinking it ourselves? What is today? Saturday. So on Wednesday, uh, somewhere Tuesday, Wednesday, I had this thought. I'm going to find out they're on the move once they're on the road. Someone's going to tell me they're already moving. Wednesday morning... I was informed that, well, let's say Wednesday afternoon, our adoption agent, I called her, I said, Olga, what is going on? Can you tell me anything? Are they moving yet? And she told me, they're on the move, buses have come, they're taking them out, they negotiated with the um, Russian occupants who had taken over the city, they negotiated and they let them go. So our children are in two separate orphanages, four of them are in one, one is in the other. We didn't have any contact there, we still don't, we didn't know if she was if they were leaving. But we found out in the last three, four days that both orphanages have been evacuated. They came under fire. Luckily, our children were not harmed, but some of the others in the convoy had to turn and go back. So this is not a small thing. The Lord has taken them out. They're leaving. They have left the country. They're already in a neighboring country, and they're safe. Praise God for his safety.
0: And that was just a fraction, a fraction of what you guys could have shared. I mean, I could tell of miraculous healings in my body, miraculous healing just last summer. Many of you remember in Adrian's body, broken arm, x-rayed, next morning completely healed, cast off, perfect arm. And (laughs) hallelujah. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I once prayed for a lady that choked to death and your your story about Troy made me think of it and um, she came back too and like with nobody working on her because they'd given up and were waiting for the ambulances to arrive and she's passed out on the floor you know pray and she just coughs and wakes up and like wanted to sit up and she was here was the here was the awesome part she was old I mean I'm saying she was probably in her 90s like old and so Would the Lord... (laughs) She says, that's not old. Well, okay. She looked like she was 120, okay? Am I clear? (laughs) But my point is, is that it doesn't matter if you're young or old. The Lord will touch you. The Lord will touch you. And in Mark 9, we're going to... I'm going to read this verse, and then um, if, if you would like to be anointed... With oil for healing. I'm going to tell you to come, come up. In fact, you can come now. And while you're coming, I'll find the scripture here and read it to you. It says, Jesus said, I read this earlier. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, it is impossible. With man, this is impossible. But not with God, because all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible with God. With God, there is nothing that is impossible. With man, oh man, we can make the list on and on and on, right? But with God. All those testimonies that you heard up here, all those those amazing things of God answering prayer, of seeing miracles, of people living. So whatever it is that you guys are needing from the Lord here standing up front, with God, it's nothing. It's possible. With God. Let's see. We have some anointing oil right here. You know, James chapter 5 tells us that that if you call for the elders to anoint you with oil, in the prayer of faith, will heal the sick. And if you have committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Alright? So, Anything that the Lord, that you feel like um, has maybe hindered or stood as a blockade or whether it be condemnation, whatever it is, tonight that ends. No more of that, but only miracle working power of God in your body. And all the difference, all the difference happens with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are present that you are here, that you said you'd never leave us or forsake us. Jesus, I bless you that you said, you said all things are possible with God, that nothing is too difficult with God. And so Lord, I, I thank you that you have put within us your power, that you are within us, and that your power is able to do all things and accomplish all things. In Jesus' name. Maybe we could have someone grab some paper towels. Okay. There we go. I anoint you in the name of Jesus Christ. Both of you, your bodies work and function properly in the name of Jesus. Full of life. that You can carry out the command of God to replenish the earth. Amen. Your body responds right now be healed, be full of life, full of life in every area, in every cell. And your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. You are healed in Jesus' name. Okay. And what are we believing for? Father, I thank you that you are the God of miracles and that nothing is too hard for you. And Lord, I release your anointing power right now in this cloth that just like the cloths that they took from Paul and and laid on the sick and they were healed, that this cloth will bring your anointing and healing power into, what's her name? Roses, legs, and feet, Lord, that they are restored like a little child in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that this surgery won't even be necessary. I thank you, Lord. Blood flow, circulation, veins open up and work properly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs>
6: Amen.
0: There's a call on my life to God when I was I need to That's right. That's right. All right. Well, you have it. Father, I thank you for your healing power right now And our sister. Be healed. Autoimmune disease, can't whatever, whatever you are doing, you cannot do it anymore. I thank you, Lord, that your power, I release it right now in Jesus' name, and I anoint her. Lord, in obedience to you, strength, strength, immune system, you function and work properly and correctly, and no thing that would bring weakness, weakness, no thing can touch you anymore in Jesus' name, and your sins are remitted according to the word of the Lord. Proper clotting in the proper areas, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this. And Lord, in in accordance to your word, her sins are remitted, are forgiven. We bless you for it. What do you need from Lord? Where on your back is that? all right well he said he meets all our needs and how do you work if you can't right so it's a need not only that he said that um, he'd even meet our wants the lord is my shepherd i shall not want so while we're at it is there anything else that you need from the lord There's got to be something that you need from the Lord. He wants to give it to you. All right. It's yours. (laughs) Father, I thank you for your healing power right now. Be healed in Jesus' name and be financially independent and free in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that by your blood every sin is forgiven, is remitted, and that he stands before you in the power of your might healed, pain be gone be strong in Jesus name Amen Amen, it's yours sometimes the Lord likes to show off did you know that? sometimes we just don't ask him big enough what do you need from the Lord? All right. so Jesus said that I've come, right, to heal the brokenhearted. And so, God with us accomplishes that. Be healed. Every emotional, every soulish, every broken place, be healed and restored and in a place of strength. The healing oil of the Lord in you and on you brings restoration, restoration and redemption to these broken areas. So now you are healed you are whole I thank you for it Lord your sins are remitted in Jesus name now when the enemy wants to remind you of what used to hurt you remind him no I'm healed from that I love you Travis and Kate, come here. Here, put out your hands. He's believing God for some things. You guys know we're believing with you for yours. All right? Put your hands on him. We anoint you with the oil of the Lord that you and all that is yours and your family be in health, be in strength. I thank you, Lord, that you cause every part of their body to function properly and to work properly. Every part of Catherine's body, every part of Frank's body. I thank you for it. Now, work properly, function correctly, bring forth life in the name of Jesus. And every sin is remitted in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So be full of life and health in Jesus' name. passage you just be opened up creatively right now every part of your sinus is healed in the name of Jesus I command these things to no longer plague you on the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ we anoint you we call forth healing into your knee healing into your body in every part pain you be removed you be gone you leave him be full of life be full of health be full of strength in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. And Lord, any, any sin in his life is under the blood of Jesus and is remitted. And we thank you for it. And Amen. Amen. God is good. You know, there's nothing that He wouldn't do for you. He's in love with you. way do you want it to go longer? All right, awesome. I anoint you with oil in the name of Jesus, and I command your right leg to grow longer and match the other leg's length in the name of Jesus. Right now, I released into you the growing power of God, and I thank you for it. I thank you that your sins are remitted and under the blood, and you are You are the heel of the Lord. Name like All right. Healed covers all of it, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. I just anoint our brother in the name of Jesus, Father, and according to Your Word. Larry, be healed. Be full of strength. You are healed. I give you life in your blood veins. Life in your heart. Life in your brain. Life in your legs. Strength all around. Healed in Jesus' name. Free of every every one of those plaguing symptoms. I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that removes all your sin, remits them entirely. In Jesus' name. Amen. Full of strength. Full of strength. How great. Lord. How
14: great. What do you need from here? From the side of God. The city was behind. From the side of God. Say it again. Oh, see how great.
0: Life and health. Freedom from these symptoms and disease. Be healed. Be full of strength. I anoint, I anoint our sister, Lord, in accordance to your word. And I say be healed. None of these things, none of these things have a place on you anymore. And spiritual bondage that has plagued you, I command you to leave her alone. You leave her alone no more. No more. This is holy ground. This temple is consecrated to the Lord. So you function and walk and work properly in every way. In Jesus' name, your sins are remitted. Thank you, Lord. He is good. He is good. so that you can have full function and operation in His body. Be released from asthma or any kind of allergy. In the name of Jesus, I give you freedom. Release from that bondage, Nathan. I cancel it in Jesus' name. You cannot come back on Him. We don't allow it. We do not permit it. The blood of Jesus sets you free. It forgives your sins and cancels all these diseases. The enemy wanted to take you out, even from a little boy. But he's not going to. He can't have you. And God's plan for you is going to be completely fulfilled. And he has a
9: plan.
0: God Look in my eyes, please and this sickness ain't one of them. Alright? So as you get older, as you get older, you're going to have opportunity where the enemy wants to come back and try again. No. No. Not allowed. Not allowed. As your pastor, I agree with you. It's not allowed. Say, I am free. That's right. That's how it's going to be. No more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for freedom, freedom entirely. life this cough has to stop right now no more it's not allowed whatever this thing is called or is the name of jesus the name of jesus stops it right now so you stop i give you peace peace in your lungs peace in your throat peace in every part of your body health and healing in jesus name They that seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Any good thing. What's the good thing you need? Okay. Gone. That's right. Well, I'm not going to put this in your eyes. But I'll put it over here on your arm. All right? I anoint you with oil. So that you be healed this psoriasis i command you to take your hands off of kevin in jesus name you're not allowed on his body in his body on his body nowhere's close to his body you leave i give you health and life your sins are remitted your eyesight is whole and healthy father every part connected between brain and eye works and operates functions properly every duct, every cell works and operates and functions properly like eyes should function in Jesus name I give you peace Amen in the name of Jesus, nothing missing, nothing broken, healed and whole, in Jesus' name, I give you peace, any attack against you, we end it right now, right now in Jesus' name, and you are full of life and health and the Spirit of the Lord God in you and on you as long as you live in Jesus' name. Can I give you a hug? Love you. What do you need from the Lord? All right. So, you need strength, and and what would you, you tell me exactly what you want to happen in your body? You need strength. Do you need your heart to... to... Oh, wait, I'm, uh, I'm
4: taking uh, eight
0: different pills a day. Okay. And uh, I'm going to test pretty often. They're keeping check
1: the things. I said to my daughter the other day, did the doctor tell you what's
4: happening?
0: Yeah, amen. So I thought,
4: I'm going for this tonight.
1: Amen.
0: Well, I anoint you in the name of Jesus Christ for life, for strength, for health. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You be healed, whole. Heart, you, you, you beat, you function, you operate perfectly. Lord, I ask you for, for a new heart. I ask you for new lungs. And I ask you for a completely new vascular system in Jesus' name. Whole and healthy we give to you in Jesus' name. And your sins are forgiven and remitted by the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for it. And amen. All right, let's, let's praise and worship Him. Let's rejoice. We've heard more than enough to shout and dance and sing. I am going to do something that I think, or I believe, the Lord showed me to do. So, if you're here tonight and I'm speaking to you, I want you to latch your faith onto what I'm about to say. Or if you're listening by internet, if this applies to you, whether you be uh, wherever you be and you're listening by 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 the internet, I want you to take this and apply it to your life. And then, once you have the history of being delivered of what we're going to talk about. I want you to email us or call us, or if you're here in this room tonight, let us know that we, so that we can rejoice with you in the freedom. All right? So I am going to speak to addictions, every kind of addiction, whether it be an addiction um, of, of a drug, addiction of substances, of, of, of drugs that are legally prescribed, right? It doesn't matter. Any kind of addiction, smoking, alcohol, it doesn't matter. Pornography, whatever it is, Okay, I break it in the name of Jesus it is broken right now you have no hold over their body so let's all say that together no addiction, no addiction has any rights in this temple,
13: in this temple. I, am free
0: I am free from this moment forward, from this moment forward I am filled, I am filled,
6: with, filled with, the the with the
0: spirit of the Lord and with wisdom, and with wisdom. he fills me with power he
14: fills me with his power, his power. And I am set free. I'm set, set free.
0: In Jesus name. In
9: Jesus name. name. Hallelujah.
0: Now listen, we prayed for many things, declared many things. Be sure that you share your miracle with others. Don't keep it only to yourself. And also I want to remind you as you go that Lee will be downstairs for the uh, signing of the petition for Mike Miller. All right, be blessed. Love on one another as
14: you go. Can we do one more thing? Yes. Is it your birthday, Kevin?
10: Ah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear
9: Kevin.
15: Come on. Happy birthday.
9: blessed as you go.
16: Well, good evening, everyone. It's great to see you here at Church of the Word International, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming out tonight, assembling yourself with like-minded believers, like-minded, like-hearted believers, serving the one true God. Amen. I have a favor to ask you tonight, something a little different. Are you on board? Let's all say the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer or the Believer's Prayer, which is probably better, together. Can we do that? All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day our daily bread and forgive us of all our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen Amen. did we all say it correctly all right so I was praying that prayer not too long ago and the Lord said to me when I was done he said you're missing a word I went what I'm missing a word so I went right to Matthew 6 where that prayer is and read it and sure enough all these years I have been saying it wrong deliver me from the evil one now if you didn't put the one in there like I haven't been putting the one in there uh, the Lord corrected me and what difference does that make Is that the emphasis is placed on a thing instead of a person evil is evil but the evil one is a person amen so I hope you make the correction like I did once the father showed me that and I'd like to to uh, bring us to Philippians 2 verse 8 and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself This is speaking of the one Jesus Christ, the only one true God being formed in found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now we know in Luke ten nineteen, Jesus said, I've given you power and authority over all the power of the evil one. And how do we know, how do we execute this kind of power? Is found in Psalms 8. It's so good. Psalms 8.1. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies that you may silence the evil one and the Avenger well what does this all mean there is an evil one and he is a person he's the devil but Jesus the one true God he said I'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me He is the one true God. He has given you power and authority over all the works of the devil. He's given you a tongue to praise him, to silence the evil one. The dynamic duel, Jesus and praise. So let's stand up together, family, tonight. And let's give God the Father all the glory and honor and praise and worship that is due his name because he gave us Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus Christ at every at the name of Jesus every knee should bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord he is king of kings lord of lords redeemer deliverer savior he is everything that we need Jesus is the head of the church so Jesus come and be celebrated here tonight among your brethren your brothers and sisters. We honor your presence with us tonight. We honor your your and celebrate you to come. We thank you for the healings in this place tonight. Thank you for the touching of our heart. Thank you for the anointed word, a word that can change our life forever. Have your way in our hearts tonight as we surrender and submit to you. Father, we're so grateful for the word, good word of God jesus christ the living god jesus christ the one the one and only the way the truth and the light we honor you tonight and we celebrate you we thank you we thank you we are grateful grateful children of the most high god so thank you father tonight have your way in our hearts each one of us we just surrender And open our hearts as good soil to hear what you have to say to us tonight so thank you in advance we're so very grateful and one way we love God one way we honor God is by loving and honoring one another so turn to your family turn to your brother or sister and say I'm so glad you're here tonight. It's going to be a great night. Expect everything from
7: Jesus tonight. Well, good evening, family. So glad to see all of you here tonight. We'd like to welcome anyone that's here for the very first time. Anyone here, first time here at Church of the Word International? No? All right. Well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord. So if you need a cash envelope for your giving, raise your hand. If you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of the blanks. You can turn to Deuteronomy 8 and also, if you care to put a finger in Daniel 4. Um, When we return the tithe, you know, what we're doing is acknowledging that God is our source. He's the one that brings the provision. Every good thing comes from him if we have resources in our hand it came from him he is the giver and he really wants you to have those things he wants you to have the abundant life he wants you prosperous when his kids are prosperous and doing well it reflects good on him reflects good on him as a father you know when, when you think of Abraham in Abraham's time he was like the richest man of that time and when people saw Abraham's vast wealth they thought, wow, Abraham's God must be great. It reflected well on him, didn't it? Well, in all of that, so I'm wanting to bring out that, that, yes, the Lord wants us prosperous. He wants to see you doing well, but you must never forget that it came from him. Turn to Deuteronomy 8. These good and abundant things come from God. It says in Deuteronomy eight eighteen, it says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth he who gives you the ability to produce wealth so we can never forget that um, the danger is that when you're doing well and things are going really smooth that you forget the Lord and you get over into pride if you back up into verse see verse 10 see the temptation is to think that your prosperity the things that you have if you're doing well you know that it's a reflection of you when really it's a reflection of him verse 10 says when you have eaten this is the warning that he gives us here in deuteronomy when you have eaten and are satisfied praise the lord your god see that's the antidote that's the protection praise the lord your god for the good land he has given you because that's why that's remembering that's part of not forgetting is to give him praise for these things Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses... Now, I want you to catch a few choice words as we go through here. Notice it says fine houses. Notice it doesn't say the most basic, cheap, stripped model you can produce. (laughs) It said fine houses... And settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied. He's saying, these are all things in his heart for you. This multiplication, this superabundant, he, but he's saying this warning in amongst that, he goes, watch that you don't forget and that you don't not praise the Lord, because the danger is that your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So that's the warning. But don't, with, see, some people get off into, there's always ditches. And the devil don't care which one you choose, just get in one of them. Okay? So, but there's always that because we know that there's danger in having wealth. But just because there's the danger, don't throw out, don't forget that that's the Lord's heart for you to be living the abundant life. Uh, Turn to Daniel 4. I felt like this story of Nebuchadnezzar illustrates this. Uh, You know the story, um, how Nebuchadnezzar had this dream of that tree. So in verse 4, it said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. Remember that warning in Deuteronomy 8? When you have eaten and are satisfied, watch out, be careful make sure are you praising the Lord do you remember you know anyway see so we know the story I'm gonna go through it quickly how he had this dream this great big tree that reached to heaven and you know the leaves were beautiful the few, the fruit was beautiful the wild animals came and lived under it and the birds lived in it and then this messenger from heaven came he saw this in his dream came from came from heaven and he said that he's gonna cut down the tree you know, and, and everything's going to be destroyed, and the animals can't live there anymore. They're going to get out of there. And, and it said, um, but leave the stump and the roots. And it's going to be bound with iron and bronze, remaining the ground in the grass of the field. It says, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a, a man, and let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times passed by for him so this was his dream and we know that he asked um, Daniel came in and he interpreted this and so Daniel gives him the interpretation which we know was him you know this tree was him and his kingdom and Daniel says all this to him says the command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules See, he goes on and he gives him the escape route. Don't you see? All this prosperous, you know, it wasn't like God was like, how dare you be doing good? How, you know, you have all this lavish excess. It was like he was trying to help him. But he had gotten off. He'd forgotten who put him in this position. He says, because, okay, the kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Verse 27, therefore your majesty... Be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right. So repent. Stop doing the wrong thing. Start doing the right thing. And your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. Or many other translations say, have mercy on the poor. Do you know how many times that there is a connection between giving to the poor and blessing, giving to the poor. And I mean, God takes it personal. God takes it personal what you do for his kids. And by the way, the poor can give to the poor. That promise will work. It's not just, you know, if you've got extras, give to the poor. That's your way out is giving. But look how he is trying to give him a way out. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be then that your prosperity will continue. See, the Lord didn't want it. It wasn't that his heart was to have his kingdom stripped. He wanted it to continue. He wanted him doing well. But don't forget who put you here. Well, we know the story how 12 months later, the king was walking around on the rooftop, and he says, verse 30, says, Is this not my great Babylon that I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Remember back in Deuteronomy 8, lest you think that the wealth that you have is by your own strength, by your own power? I'm saying all these things because I, I just wanted to, felt like I was really to bring this out to, for you to see that it is God's heart for you to live in abundance it's God's heart for you to have the all the great wonderful things that we read about in Deuteronomy you know the fine houses the increased herds and flocks and silver and gold and everything that you touch does well but don't forget that it's the Lord who gave you the ability to produce wealth, and you can see this in this story he just illustrated it and it was never his heart He even said, give to the poor, repent, and you know what? Your prosperity will continue. So we remember and we rejoice that it's the Lord who has given us resources. It's the Lord who's brought our jobs. It's not our smarts. It's not our abilities. He planted those in your heart if if you have some natural giftings, but it's from the Lord. So let's return the tithe remembering that being grateful for all the good things he's done. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you that you're kind, that your thoughts are always good towards us. And Lord, I just, we remember, Lord, that you are the one that who has put these resources in our hands. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for our sources of income. We thank you for job raises and increases and and new avenues of income. Lord, I thank you for these tithers. And I thank you, Lord, that you've promised to rebuke the devourer for their sake and that you've promised to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing until there is no more need. So we are just grateful as we return the tithe. We return it as part of our worship and acknowledging you as our source. In the name of Jesus, amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will return it to the Lord. All right, we have a couple of things that you'll want to make sure you check out in the back, on the back table. Um, Two sign-up sheets we have back there. The Ghana Initiative Live Auction in High Tea. That's going to be taking place at the Chickies Church in Mannheim on Sunday, April 24th. And we do need you to sign up for that if you plan to attend. Also... You can mark your calendars for Resurrection Weekend. We plan to have a meal here at the church before the service. So instead of having a snack or a food and fellowship after the service, we're not going to do that. We're going to have it before the service, and it's going to be a meal. So Saturday, April 16th, 4:30 here at the church. There is a sign-up sheet in the back. Um, Cwi will provide the chicken and the vegetable. And you have your choice of bringing a potato dish, applesauce, or a dessert. So you'll see it on the sign-up sheet in the back.
0: There is a number here: Aaron, Ray, and Levi, and um, Eric, and Jacob. And uh, Apostle Dale has left today to uh, go over to uh, Ukraine and and Romania, or well, other surrounding countries. And so the rest of the team will be taken off this week to go join them in the Ten Men Project. And I'm really excited about what the Lord is doing and how He's been bringing it together. It's been absolutely amazing. And um, if you want to know more details, ask one of the guys that's going about it, and they can fill you in and about the upcoming future needs that are still available to be met. It looks like we'll be able to send more than just this team. So praise the Lord. You know, we have, uh, and, and remember, family, do pray. Pray for the believers in Russia. Pray, pray for the believers in Ukraine. And that the thing that would overcome all of this is be revival. Be revival. And so, for those of you who don't know, we have church family um, in, in Ukraine. And pastors that we know there, that we've ministered. I've ministered in their churches. Some of you have ministered in their churches and so we are helping to bring supplies to them so that they can get it dispersed to the people in need and to their churches and so forth. And so, um, you know, the word says that we are to first take care of the family of God. You realize that, right? So what they're doing is a uh, is divine work of the Lord and we bless them for it. We're going we're gonna to pray and um, just send them out. So uh, for those of you that are going, why don't you stand up? and um, stretch out your hands to them and let's cover them in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are faithful in every way and that you have um, created us for this time and season in life and that this moment has not caught you by surprise, but you have already have an answer for the people of Ukraine, an answer for the people uh, of Russia. And we ask you, Lord, for revival in this in that region, over the whole world, but in particular in Ukraine, in Russia, and all through Asia and Europe because of your hand at work there. And we lift up right now um, each one that is going on this 10 men project. Father, I thank you that you've already met so many needs. Thank you that you've put it into their heart to go. And and we send them out blessed. Father, we just ask for your angels to minister to them and with them as they go to protect them every step of the way bring them back home safely every need that when they're there is met we declare it is met father i ask you to stretch forth your hand and to do signs and wonders healing and glorify the name of jesus as the gospel is preached and the good news is told in jesus name amen all right one more thing before we um get into the sermon if I, if I remember, I'll remind you at the end at dismissal, but I'd like to have Lee, why don't you come up and tell us about what we have the signing for Mike Lee downstairs and what, how you can be, huh, Mike Miller, I'm sorry, I'm getting your names all mixed up. <laughs> so, so tell us what's going on there and how to be a part of it.
17: Sure. Um, we all, you all know that we live in a constitutional republic, Right. And uh, one of the things that you do to keep that is to vote, right? And uh, when you go to vote, uh, you see names on the ballot with a little box to fill in and, and vote. So how does the name get there? I'm glad you asked. This is how the name gets there. It comes through a nomination petition. I've learned a lot here in the past year. So what I have downstairs is petitions for Mike Miller. This is for the uh, Pennsylvania Senate, uh, number 36. Um, currently, the incumbent is Ryan Almit. Um, there's, uh, yeah, a lot's happening. I think it's a more important race than what we realize. Uh, I'll just, I'll leave it at that point. But um, it would help a lot if, if I could get your signatures. Understand this isn't a vote. You're not voting for them when you do this. All you're saying is, hey, go ahead, get on the ballot. Um, so in order to help that flow quickly, uh, when you print your name, it needs to be your legal name. Um, you could you look at your voter card, but who carries their voter card with them? You don't have to raise your hand. I know some people do. But if you don't have your voter card, just look at your driver's license, and your legal name is there. That gets it covered. And then the other place is the municipality. Now, this really trips folks up because um, you live in boroughs and townships, um, some in cities, etc. cetera. Um, it's not necessarily your mailing address. Understand the Postal Service delivers mail, but that doesn't mean you live there. So your municipality is either a borough or a township. Um, So if you have questions on any of that, just let me know and I'll help you answer that question. So I have a table downstairs and, you know, come on down and and sign. And at this point, um, I'm only looking for signatures that cover District 36. Understand there's a big redistricting piece going on. And somebody brought a question of, if I live in the district today and the district changes tomorrow, well, can I write the petition today or or can I not? I don't have an answer for that. So... uh, So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'd like to focus on where the district is, is headed. Um, but if, if, you, if you're currently in 36 and you sign it, I'm not going to, like, kick you off the list. So, anyways, thank you. Thank you, Lee.
0: You know, if we want to see change in this country, we have to do our part, don't we? And our part is first pray and then treat what we have as valuable. And go out and and engage and be a part of it.